What's up, guys? We are back. This is The Real Deal with Casey and Jason, where we talk real life, real experiences, and occasionally real estate. What is happening? <laughs> Intro is uh, is legit. That's real good, man. I'm liking it. And it's flowing now. I finally got um, over the bloopers of calling it the Casey and J- uh, Jason show, which we might bring back for once now. we get yeah, a little bit bigger uh, following. We might bring that back once people know exactly who we are. Uh, today, we're going to kick this thing off with a a question that we got when we first made a post about the podcast and we said, hey guys, we need some some topics, some things that you have questions on, some things that we could uh, possibly answer or just discuss, share our experiences. That's what this is all about. And a good buddy of ours, why don't you go ahead and introduce a, a good buddy of ours that we're going to talk about. Yeah, he's uh, Travis Myers. Shout out Travis. One of the funniest dudes I know, one of the most genuine guys I know. Um, Travis dropped us a Facebook comment, I think. Yep. And uh, asked us to talk about work-life balance, which I'm excited. I know you're uh, going to kick this thing off and, and uh, kind of lead it in that direction. But I, I can't shout out Travis without shouting out his better half, Brittany. Who's an awesome ag- people. Yeah, agent in our office that is... Um, very knowledgeable, extremely helpful, a great person, just like Travis. And um, yeah, so shout out Travis and Brittany. Yes, absolutely. Great people, uh, good friends of ours. And we appreciate the question because I think it comes from a place of, um, you know, people look at us, right? And we we left the, the whole nine to five world. Both of us had corporate jobs at one point. We'll call them corporate. Sure. Something like that. <laughs> Local government. Corporate. Yeah. Salaried. Yeah, salary yeah, positions. Yeah. And both of us left that for 100% commission. You in real estate, me in mortgages. And uh, I think his comment was something along the lines of, and we should have had him here. Yeah. I don't yeah. know why Travis isn't here. Travis right is in Florida. That's why. Ah. Travis is in Florida. Him and Brittany are down there. They both just got new tattoos, which are pretty awesome. Pretty sweet. I, I, didn't I see don't that. have any tattoos. Me neither. So shout out to them for... Being brave enough to to do that because I it, I think it requires bravery. Me, oh yeah, me personally, I'm not a, not a big needles guy. Anyway, they're in Florida. That's an undertaking. That's why Travis is near. I don't have any tattoos either. I'm uh, a blank slate. Me too. I, I I I've always I probably haven't said the right thing, but I've always said that I was too indecisive to have something on my body permanently. I don't think that's the case, but that's just like one of those things that like you kind of grow up saying. Yeah. When I look back now, I'm like that's not really the case. Um, just scared I, of needles. I'm just scared of needles. <laughs> yeah, but. Maybe one day. Maybe we'll have like a midlife crisis <clears throat> at some point, and then uh, we'll be all tatted up. Yeah, yeah. And 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 to go back, that so you said we made that that post about the podcast, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like when we've got these comments in that same post. I'm pretty sure we said, "Yeah, we'll be back next week," and then nobody heard from us for like a month or for, two. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, we, we were just like. What do we do now? And like, I know I was nervous. I was kind of hoping like, uh, maybe we're not going to do this. Maybe next this I, I wasn't ready. Well, at that point we had um, an iPhone and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so we didn't have any equipment, any mics. And, and we didn't have Nick. And we didn't have Nick, most importantly, who uh, we're going to try to encourage him to go hot with the mic this yeah. week. Yeah. Um, Nick, is your mic on right now? It is now. Yeah, there he <laughs> is. We Our producer. <laughs> yes. The, Nick, I, what do you want to be referred to as? Producer or... Nick, uh, call him what you want. He is one of, he has one of the most diverse sets of skills of anyone that I've ever met. For you know, sure. And you know what else too? His skills are so they're they're really set up for the way that the whole world is going. Oh yeah. And like the tech, visual communication, 
Um, I don't want to. I don't want to put him in a box because he can do it all. But I just think that his skill set for sure. It's it's like the new world. It's the new way we're living in. But he also ties it back with he's very mechanically apt, extremely mechanically apt. Yeah, so the he guy can build anything, fix anything. Uh, yeah, he's running our podcast. He's what he did did a project this morning for your brother's business, and he's yeah. fixing my Jeep right after this. And let's mention this is his day this off. This is his day off. From that his, ties in perfectly to it. Actually, does kind of what we're about to talk about. Yeah. So let me get back to the comment. Travis Meyer said something like, ah, man, I'll have to quote it. We'll have to find it. But he said something like, you guys um, are always on call or you guys are always working, something like that. I'd love to hear you talk about work-life balance. So it, it begs the question, right? If you do jump into a 100% commission job or jump into being self-employed, maybe the perception's out there that you guys are always working and maybe he sees this and just, you know, Travis was a customer of, um, of ours, I believe my father's and yours. Okay. Yep. Um, so, and now Brittany with being a real estate agent. So he sees that side of it where there's a lot of weekends involved. People want to see houses on the weekends. There's a lot of evenings involved. Hey, I work until four or five o'clock, six o'clock. Can we go see this house at eight o'clock at night? So maybe the perceptions out there that, well, if you're in that business, you just have to be willing to work all the time mm-hmm. or whenever, whenever, you know, duty calls, right. Whenever somebody else needs to be available, well, needs you to be available. Well, that's probably what we, I mean, that's to a degree still what I think, but that's probably what we thought when we first got into it. Like, yeah, we're, we have to make our own hours. So we need to be available all the time. Yep. And I know I still struggle with that, but yeah, I think that's, that's a fair assumption for most people who are looking outside in at, you know, mortgage lenders and real estate agents. Yeah. And, um, Part of the reason I got into what I do in 100% commission, this is my story about it. As so I'm working at an insurance company, I'm driving an hour one way each way from uh, Clayton, Delaware to Wilmington. So long commute. I was working, um, you know, whatever, eight, nine, 10 hours a day. And then I was driving home. So at that point, I was not. So my, you know, we had uh, my daughter was young at the point at that time. I wasn't really seeing her much. I would leave before she got up. I would get home and see her for 30 minutes or an hour and then she would be going to bed because it was, you know, seven o'clock at night. And then, um, you know, my mentors and friends and, and family that are in the mortgage business. So my brother and um, and Bo and Jason and Chris. Uh, Chris are all like I see the way that they are with their families. Their kids were a little bit older. They're older than I am. They're at every sporting event. They're at um, you know, they're going out to dinner and they just they look like they had such freedom of their time. So for me, it was like, man, if I can get into that, I'll have that freedom. And what I found is that you do have more freedom of your time. So I can kind of build my schedule around things that I want to be at. Like for me, it's just T-ball at this point. But right. at some point, sporting events that are, that are, you know, we'll see what that progresses into or whatever my kids want to get into. But I can build my schedule around that. The trade-off is, yes, when somebody does need something on a weekend, you have to be willing to jump on your computer, in my case, jump on a phone call, in your case, go show a house on the weekend. Yep. So mm-hmm. we just want to kind of, I guess, get into that, the work-life balance. What does that look like? Um, what are some things that we figured out over the past uh, six or seven years that we've been in this business that we can share with people? And you know, maybe some things that we can provide tips on that if somebody's in a job now and they're like, hey, I want to go start a business, but I don't want to work 24 hours a day. How do you guys do it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think Nick actually, before we jumped on, mentioned, you know, as his perception of people who are truly self-employed or, you know, work real estate agents. I'm not, you know, I don't necessarily consider myself self-employed because I work for a broker, but independent contractor. Yeah. Is that you literally have to create your own hours. And so you are complete, obviously responsible for your schedule. Whereas when you work a traditional nine to five, more often than not, you know, that's your work window. And then outside of that is your freedom. Yep. Where in our case, we've got to determine that for ourselves and figure out how that works within our family lives, you know, seeing our friends and things like that. Yep. So for me, you know, I think Ryan Pineda was talking about it. I forget what podcast it was. It might've been his podcast. It was a while ago. Uh, I, I don't remember how exactly he phrased it, but he tries to treat his self-employment as that nine to five window or eight to four, whatever. Whereas he, that's his work time and whatever he does before that, maybe he wakes up and works out like we do. Who knows? Um, and then he's got a window of family time where I think he's tries to stay away from his phone, do things like that, and just focus solely those two, three, four hours on this is my time with my family, and I'm not going to do any work-related stuff or at least keep it to a minimum. Yeah, I did see that, and I think that's you know a, a good way to look at it. Like Just because you're self-employed or just because you're commission-based, look, there's a lot that you can get done in an eight-hour workday. Yeah. So... But you have to be conscious of of building your day out so that you can get the things done you need to get done during that period of time so that you can have a little bit of flexibility when it is after hours. And, and there's certain cases where, like for me, I can I can see a text or a call and I can text back and say, hey, I'm with the family. We just, you know, I just got home. It's whatever time at night. Um, can, can I get back to you in the morning? And most people are perfectly fine with that. Yeah. But um there's another perspective on it. So that's one that I would say if you are structured, like he's very structured. Right. He's built his companies over the past couple of years being very disciplined and structured, which I think is good. Um, structure and discipline create freedom. I've kind of learned that. Yep. Um, Grant Cardone talks about it a completely different way. He, he says there is no such thing as work-life balance. You have your life and your life includes all these different things. So your life includes your time for your health, to work on your health, the time for your family, the time for your job, your employment, your whatever. But don't think of it like balance because balance, you're always um, giving something up almost. So he's like, don't think of it as work-life balance. Think of it like life. And how am I going to create and form my life around the things that I need to get done? Yeah, there'll be trade-offs all day, every day, essentially. But uh, he's, he's kind of weighing in every moment, what he's giving up and what he's leaning into. Yeah. And just creating that whole, creating your life and setting it up the way that is going to, going to fit your lifestyle and your needs. Yeah. That's huge because every situation is different. Um, so really understanding whoever, however your life is set up, whether you're by yourself or with a family, I think super important to have those conversations from the get go, especially if you're in a situation that is a, 100% commission, freedom, you, know, you don't have a set schedule or whatnot, communicate. That is huge to begin with, but especially to manage expectations, I guess, is a is mm-hmm. how I would phrase it. You're talking about like with your significant other, with yeah. your family? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, right, or, uh, Rob Deerdick talked about this in a podcast recently. Yeah. Just, I mean, if that way you're always on the same page and, and you're not um, getting yourself into situations that could cause conflict or things that could 
you know, kind of build up um, below the surface and then boil over. Here's what happened to me when I first got into the mortgage business. I thought the same thing that I, that I have to be available 24 seven. Yeah. And I felt an immense pressure because I went from a salary job where I was making um, at the time it was around like 70,000 a year. And I jumped into a hundred percent commission making zero dollars guaranteed. Yeah. Um, so I felt this immense pressure. Like I need to figure out how to replace that 70 as soon as possible. So I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll work every weekend, every night. I actually started in the mortgage business. I would go to work um, at the at the insurance company. I would get off at like 5, 5.30. And I would come here and actually sit in our now podcast studio. That's right. Uh, this was my office. And I would sit here and I would work until 8 or 8.30 because we were doing loans for people on the West Coast. Mm. So 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, it was you know the perfect time to reach people there. And I was like, you know what? If I just put the time in and work these late evenings... I can I can replace that income. And that's how I was able to eventually quit that job after a couple months and not do that anymore. But it, and I think that's probably when you're starting out what you might have to lean into. But is that yep. sustainable? And you it know, wasn't. Right. Which is what I found pretty quickly as well, is that you never want to feel like you're trading your like not, nothing's worth uh, a dollar's not worth trading the time with your family. Right. So then as you know, I had I have young kids. So I'm like I, I was I was like uh at certain points, I was putting a job and, and chasing a dollar, we'll say, in front of being there with them. And that was something I had to, like, reel back in, you know? Yeah. And like you said, um, getting on the same page with, with Danielle and making sure that, you know, she she's very good about keeping me in check with this. Like, if I'm like, hey, it'd be nice if you got home for dinner every once in a while. Like, right. um, And she says it in a very nice uh, and respectful way, but also like, hey, we need to make sure that you know, we're a priority as well, which I appreciate that rather than like you said, if something kind of boils up under the surface that, you know, maybe I'm not aware of, I'm just like, I, you know, I'm kind of in the zone and going yeah, hard. And, and as far as you know, everything's fine. Yeah. Yep. So I appreciate that she holds me accountable to that, but um, super important to make sure that I think, you know, it all comes down to prioritizing. Yeah. So, is, is there anything that you do with your phone as a part of trying to in the work-life balance uh, scheme of things, like, do you are you without your phone or are you with your phone less for a certain amount of time? Like, when you get home, do you put it somewhere? I do not. Okay, I have thought I have done this, but not consistently. Yeah, and maybe it's something that I think it actually is a it's a great idea and something I should implement because um, I do find myself as much as I I do consciously try to avoid looking at it and being on my phone when I'm there when I get home with the family. Mm. But I still find myself, if it buzzes, I still look at it, which is a problem because then as soon as I do that, they don't have my full attention. I'm not right. completely present with them, yeah. whether I respond right away or not. So I think I need to do that. I've heard Ed Milet talk about taking your um, your phone when you walk in the door and putting it like in a drawer for like the first, whatever, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever, when you first get home. Right. And I think I need to try that. Well, yeah, I was telling you before we started... Um, my fiance and I went to dinner last night, planned a date night thing, made reservations, the whole deal, and changing outfits and whatnot, trying to figure out what I was going to wear, had my phone in the pocket, I guess, and set it somewhere. We left, and we were on our way, and we were up against it time-wise. I'm feeling my pockets, and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I left my phone at home. Dude, I was I, legit, like, I didn't, like, freak out, but I was scared. Like, I was like, oh, man, because I knew I had a couple things going on that were carrying over from the morning that I hadn't 
either I knew people were going to reach out to me about or like I was waiting on an email that I was going to tell somebody that I got and I was just helpless. And, and Madison was like, it's okay. Like, just leave it. Like, we're not turning around. Like, and so I was without my phone for two hours and it was, <laughs> that's, that's the longest I've been without my phone, like in a situation where I could have had it in a while. Did, did you ever hit a point when you were there where you were like, did it ever occur to you like, hey, I don't have it, and it was kind of like a good feeling, like a freeing feeling? Yeah, it didn't take long, really. Yeah. Like, I, as I was, soon as you were like, I know I don't have it, I'm no not going back for it. Yeah, like when I was still in the car, I was like, man, we can still turn around, even though like we'll be late. But yeah, once we got there and we were talking and there's people around, and our, especially when the food came out, and like we're both enjoying this like yeah. really great meal. Why don't like, we shout out the local establishment? Yeah, Prime 225. Yeah. Like, I mean, the best food yeah. around. Um our little small town here. It's really yeah. cool to have something like that. That's on a caliber of steakhouses I've been to and every, you know, like the nicest places across the country in different places. It's up there with them. Yeah. And I don't know if you used to frequent what it used to be Southside. No, oh, I yeah. was never. Yeah, <laughs> we did. And so like when, when Southside closed, we were all sad. Yeah. And then we we're like, what's this? A, a, like a high-end steakhouse, <laughs> that's never going to work. And, dude, it crushes it. Yeah. It crushes it. Yeah, if you're from the area, if you're within, I mean, even an hour drive yeah. of uh, Chesapeake City, Maryland, Prime 225, like, out of this world, very, very, very good. Chesapeake City has lots of good local restaurants, like family-owned restaurants. Yeah. And you went to, like, the Prime 225. Right. They've also now um, bought the old... Byard House. Byard House. Have yep. you been there? Yeah. It's good. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Same menu or is it different? No, it's 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 a little different. Um, I haven't been there probably in a month or two, but um, food's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have to try that. Yeah. That's the list. And I know, yeah, we just kind of got off topic there, but but yeah, so I was without my phone for a little while and it was, it was tough, but I survived. Yeah. Got through it. So I might have to try this. Like when I get home and when we're eating dinner with the family, I might have to just put it away and get it out of my you know, my uh, sight, sound, and just, yeah, and, and start doing that. I think that'd be a good practice. I've also heard from people in my networking group that there's different settings you could put on your phone where you could turn off certain apps after a certain amount of time, or you can just shut down notifications. Well, for you, a certain do, time. you do the notifications like silence or something, don't you? Because um, I get, sometimes when I text you at night, it's like Casey has his notifications. So silenced. that is I'm the, like, uh, this, yeah. there's a couple people that do that. I'm like, how do they do that? But I don't even look into it. Yeah. So what it is on here, you can actually set in your alarms. Instead of just having an alarm go off. Nick's probably back there shaking his head like, dude, how do you not know this? It's the most obvious thing ever. (laughs) So in your alarms here, there is a, um, this sleep and wake time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you set this, um, you set basically what time you want to go to bed and what time you want to wake up. And like uh, 30 or 45 minutes before your bedtime, it'll actually silence your notifications. Interesting. Did not know that. Which... And I guess you can see it from the iPhone side. I can see it, yeah. It'll say, okay. So he has his notifications silenced. Right. I'm like, and, great, this dude's not getting back to me anytime. Yeah, <laughs> and you can still look at your phone and, and answer, but it does shut them off. Um, gotcha. That's cool. So, yeah, that's a, a neat setting I've been trying out. Um, I can't say that really helps a lot because I still do check my, my phone pretty frequently. Right. Um, let's get into, um, if you want to share any any kind of, like, you know, hacks or tips or things that you found to be successful in the whole work-life balance thing. And I have a couple too. If you want me to start, I can. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'll be honest with you The I don't have the, uh, I don't have like any methods that I'm implementing right now that are helping my work-life balance. I, what I do well is I communicate well, and that's what I do 
Madison and I both communicate well. And yeah. I think that is very important to manage expectations. And I mean, we've got a shared calendar, which I don't think is anything out of this world. I think a lot of people probably do that, but that's helpful. So I can see what she's doing. She can see what I'm doing. And it just kind of lays things out ahead of time. So if you have like somebody wants to go see a house on Thursday at six o'clock, you put it on there right away and then she could see it. So it's like, Hey, we're on the same page. Yeah. And that's just a, uh, that's just like an extension of the, of communication. I think it all kind of falls under that umbrella. Yeah. That's another thing that, uh, in that podcast, Rob Deerdeck talked about a shared calendar. We do have one, Danielle and I, but it's more for family stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't have it synced to my work calendar, which I really should probably do (laughs) because that's like, you know, there's certain days where I might have a meeting early in the morning or I might have a networking event that's at night and she can't see that. So unless we're really, really like, and she'll ask me, you know, hey, what do you have going on today or this week? Yeah. And I have to kind of remember it. But then that just, it adds friction. A little bit. Which I think if you can take friction out of it, it's going to make you, everything just flow a lot smoother. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've been getting into lately, and this is all from, uh, stemming from the 75 Hard program is what Andy Frisella talks about is the power list. And he, he basically, and he breaks this down for people that are self-employed or that are building a business. And I think it all applies to being, you know, commission-based where you don't have a set schedule. But he, he talks about winning the day. And he's like, what happens a lot of times is that people, uh, you kind of get overwhelmed because you do what I did in the beginning, which is I have to be on 24-7. I have to do as much as I can. I have to cram it in. Yeah. And that's not a recipe for long-term success because you do burn out or you, you sacrifice your family or your relationships. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work because you, you can't have one thing that's taking precedence over everything else. So he talks about the power list and I love this concept. And it, again, it's from 75 hard where you have critical tasks mm-hmm. that, you know, you have to complete every single day, but you're only adding um, three critical tasks and go listen to his stuff. If you guys want a reference to it, I can send you the exact podcast. So I don't misspeak on anything. But it's basically three critical tasks that will move your business forward that day. So um, this wouldn't be things like it's not a to do list. It's it's a critical task, if that makes sense. So it's going to be something that um, it's not necessarily easy, but it's something that, hey, to move forward today, I know I have to get this done and these three things done. Okay. And then once you complete those three things, you've won the day. You've moved your business forward in those three ways that you set out to. And then you can have some freedom the rest of the day to know, you know, not like, hey, let's blow the rest of the day off and not do anything productive. But you've already won the day. You've accomplished what you need to accomplish. And then you go into the next day and you have three critical tasks. It might be the same things. Um, Like for me, um, like this podcast is one for today. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know this is going to move me forward, my business forward. It's something I enjoy doing, I want to do, and I'm going to do. So that's a, a critical task on Friday that we know we're always going to check off. Um, but it might be things like, and really the whole idea behind the power list is that it's going to build build habits, which is something we referred to before. So uh, as you're getting into the mortgage business or real estate, you have to make contact with people. Yeah. So you should set a target every day for how many contacts you want to make. Make that a critical task for you. I'm not going home. The day's not done until I contact whatever it is. If it's 10, 20, 50, 100, whatever that number is, right. But make sure you do that every single day. Once that becomes a habit and it's into your day and it's incorporated, then you can move that critical task from contacts per day to um, whatever else the next thing is to move your business forward. Gotcha. So I'm sure there's, I don't know, maybe he doesn't 
qualify or quantify what it should look like. But it, it can't be something routine, something mundane. It's got to be something that probably takes effort and, and discipline to, yep. you know, you can't just say, oh, I got to. You know, like go brushing to, your teeth is yeah, not a critical it, task. Right, right, right. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at um, to make sure that you really are moving. So that caveat there, something that's moving your business forward is really the kicker there. Yep. Yeah. And basically in, in 75 hard, it's the two workouts a day are critical tasks. You're drinking a gallon of water. You're reading 10 pages. Um, you are following a diet. Mm-hmm. Those are your critical tasks to start the 75 hard program. Uh, when you when you advance through the program, there's actually a phase one where you add in the uh, cold shower. Okay. <laughs> which we've talked about. Um, you add in, uh, and then you add in three critical tasks um, for your business. Gotcha. So uh, it's just a, it's a way to, it clarifies everything. And I've been doing this. I've been, I've been really good about this the past week uh, because my brother talked about it and we've talked about it in our mortgage business is, is implementing these critical tasks. And it actually gives me a lot more, like, I don't feel as busy, although I'm, I'm, I, you know, I am, I'm still busy, but it's like, it kind of filters out the things that aren't necessarily as important and keeps me focused on like, Hey, I know I got to get these three things done. They might be a little a little daunting, but yeah. these are the three things that I can't push to tomorrow. I have to get them done today. Well, and I think it, I think like all of this kind of for people who might be in your situation or my situation, it's, it's almost like I I need I, I kind of went to this field because I didn't want structure. Yeah, but then without the structure, I realized that I need to build my own structure. And because I, for the first couple of years of doing this, and I'm still guilty of it now, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, whichever the way the wind blows. And yeah, you can really find yourself being unproductive if you don't have something like a power list or something that's you know keeping you structured, keeping you moving forward every day. And that takes discipline. It takes time and effort. Yep, you can find yourself really broke too if you are really broke. If you are in a position where you're not doing anything yeah. because you don't have a structure. I think that's that's super important what you just said because you can easily drift. If you don't have some structure built in, you can easily drift. And, you know, we talk we, we talk about like somebody's waiting for the phone to ring. You might be waiting a while if you're waiting right. for the phone to ring for a deal to call you or for somebody to want to list a house or, or refinance their house. So you have to be, yes, you almost... You remove all the structure, but then you have to build it back. You remove in. somebody's structure for you, yep, and create your own structure for you. And if you don't have that, you're gonna you're gonna really find yourself struggling to get anything done. So it's it's bringing that intention back in, and it all ties in too with the the physical stuff that we talk about with the morning routines. Like if you get up in the morning, um, and you don't have a plan for anything that you're gonna do that day. Like they what are you get gonna out do? Of hand in a hurry. Yeah, your day, your, your day, your week, your month, your year can get out of hand in a hurry. Yep, and we've all been there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think the more you build in the the structure and the disciplines, the power list, it, it makes you feel good too. When you check something off your list that you know you have to get done, how good it just frees your mind up of like, yep. man, I have that hanging out there. I have this incomplete cycle that I started something, I didn't finish it. Now, um, the day's gone and I didn't do anything that moved me forward today. It just keeps your progress going. And I think one of the most important things to feeling good is to make progress. Yeah. I said it like seven times last podcast, momentum. It's kind of like, yeah, what once you do that one thing or two things or whatever, you're, you actually, 
are looking forward and looking for the next thing to do. Yep. Because I think you really do get back whatever you put out there. And if what you put out there is, you know, achieving things and progress, trying to take that next step forward, then that's easily something that you can sustain over the long haul. I've noticed this too on weekends. So one of the things when I worked at the insurance company, I didn't have to work weekends. So when I left work on Friday afternoon, that was it. I was done until Monday morning when I got there. This is a big shift because I love my weekends. I really enjoy it. That's my family time. That's my time to, to you know, recreate with uh, hunting or fishing or whatever it is that we're doing that weekend, going hiking. Um, but I've noticed that when I do work on the weekends, and it doesn't have to be a lot, but if I just schedule some time, a couple hours on a Saturday and a couple hours Sunday, it keeps that momentum going and it keeps my mind in the, in the uh, making progress versus I left a bunch of stuff hanging on Friday or stuff's piling up over the weekend. And I know Monday when I come in, I'm going to get like Monday's going to, I'm just slammed with stuff and I'm, I can't get anything productive done Monday because I'm catching up. Yeah. So just a couple hours of work. And um, that can also be too, if you're starting a new business or you're starting a side hustle, you're going to have to do it in your off, in your, we'll say off time. You're going to have to do it in the evenings. You're going to have to do it on the weekends if you want to get something started, because if you have a full-time job that you're at all day, you, you probably can't spend that time doing it. Right. So it's, um, you just know that there's, there's going to be some sacrifice in those evenings and weekends. However, if it's something that you're, you're pursuing and you want to do, I think you'll find that it's, it's fulfilling to do that. Definitely. So, um, any other tips, tricks, any other things that come to mind with, when you hear work-life balance? Is there somebody, let me ask you this question. Is there somebody that you think does work-life balance from your, from your point of view really, really well? I think you do it pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I, that's who, that's what I would think. I mean. Appreciate that. Yeah. Somebody in my life that, that, that seems to do it really well. And I don't know the inner workings of your life too much, but yeah, I think you, you seem cool. to do it pretty well. That's awesome. Thank you for saying that. And I think uh, I could take a hint from, from a couple of things that you said with the, the phone trick. I think yeah, I'm going to well, try that. Yeah, I mean, I did it on accident. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah but it worked, you know, right? I did. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been in that same situation, like maybe, I don't know how often, but like in a situation where my phone dies and I'm like, yeah. I don't have a charger. And I'm like, man, I feel anxious at first. I'm like, holy yeah. crap, I feel real anxious. Like I can't get back to anyone. What if somebody reaches out? What if they can't get a hold of me? Um, but then when you realize that there's nothing you can do, it's kind of like you get a little bit of a, like a freeing feeling from it. Yep. It's that, it's that temporary discomfort, but then it's pretty good. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a theme. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I uh, hope this helps someone. Uh, again, we appreciate you. Yeah. Please send, please send me specifically tips for work life. (laughs) That would be great. Please post your tips. (laughs) And any other questions you have. This was a fun topic. Uh, and, and again, it comes from our buddy Travis Myers, who gave us the content to talk about. And um, look, we're evolving. We're, we're getting better. We're improving. And this is a good topic that I think we, we can all improve on. So hopefully we gave you guys some food for thought out there. Thank you so much again for listening and sharing the show. It's so cool that we've had our YouTube channel up now for like, what, three, four weeks. Yeah. There's a, not even. There's a, almost 250 people watched the the video that we did on um on alcohol. Yeah. And and if it, uh, alcohol is is if if the best version of you includes alcohol. So, uh, that was a really fun show. Just we're having a blast with this. We uh, appreciate all the support. And uh, until the next time, this is the real deal. See y'all. See you guys.